We all live in a house, a house of some sort, house, apartment, some kind of dwelling. But how do you turn a house into a home? Anyone can live in a house, but how do you turn a house into a home? Notice there's two different words in English between a house and a home. You could say, well, I live in a house, but there's a difference to say, I live in a home, a home that I want to go back to, a home that I want to live in, a home that I want to grow in and nurture. And so if you think about family life, just think, we're just going to think on a earthly basis about the characteristics of family life. I came up with three, because usually you should do three in homilies. That's what I was taught. But I said, well, there's actually a fourth one. I, I can't neglect a fourth one. So what are some characteristics? Just think of everyday life of what you do and what you would do in a family. Okay? So first of all, and don't neglect this. This is very important. First, food. Food. And don't neglect that because food is very important. Food is a way of gathering the family together. I mean, we should not eat in front of the TV or in, or in front of, you know, our cell phone. We should be present to the people that are in front of us. The food is not just eating, but it's, it's a way of giving. So whoever is cooking the food, it's a way of giving to the family members. They're using their creativity. A lot of times they're cooking foods that are part of their culture and environment. So you learn a lot about people with food because you smell them. You, know, the, you, you get a whiff of who they are, of their family, of their culture, of their environment. Well, you know, one of my greatest experiences of my religious life was I did three years of missions in both the United States and Canada, and people would invite me to their homes. And it was always with food. Was, I, I mean, I gained a lot of weight over those three years because you, you, know, you have to eat. Jesus says, eat whatever is served before you. And so I said, well, I got to eat. That's what Jesus says. And you learn so much about people. You learn so much about their joys, their struggles, their life, just by sharing a meal with them. You learn about their culture because, it, you know, people have different cultures, even subcultures within the United States. There are lots of different subcultures, different foods in different regions of the United States. And it's great to just experience it and, and have a taste of people. So food is very important. It's something that we do every day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then if you like snacks, you do a snack. And, and food is a way of gathering people together. And Jesus even used food for the Last Supper to gather his disciples together. It was, it was his last gift that he gave. And it's something that he asked us to continue. Notice the Mass, we always have food, we always eat in the Mass. We eat, you know, the bread of life, and we eat the wine of salvation, you know, the body and blood of Christ at Mass. But food is very important characteristic of family life. Second is work. So family life is considered, you know, work is a major part of our life. You think about it, we spend most of our time working and in some kind of trade. 
some kind of profession, whatever that may be. And the thing is, some people think that it's, it's the profession that matters. No, it's how you do it. It's how you do it that's most important. Whether you're a manager or employer, you know, whether you're a CEO of a company and you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, or you're a janitor and you're just cleaning up after people. And maybe your salary isn't high, but it doesn't matter. It's how you do it. It's the love and the joy that you bring into your work that really matters. And one thing I love when I meet with people or go out to restaurants, we say, what do you do? What's your profession? And it's great to hear people. Because sometimes, like, like I was talking with someone last night, and they work in a limestone quarry. I know nothing about limestone quarries. It was just fascinating hearing about the limestone quarry. You know, a person working in that. You know, you, so it's, it's one great topic for conversation. Throw your cell phone out. Because there's a whole wisdom that's in front of you to teach you. And it may not be your gift. It may not be something that you're familiar with. It's okay. You can just ask questions. And you may be clueless. They may be using terms like if they're in science and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got to bring these terms down. I don't know what you're talking about. To, but work is a part of our life. Work can be redemptive. Work is a way of working out our, we say, working out our salvation. It's something that we can offer to God every day, uniting with the sacrifice of Jesus and offering our work for souls, offering it for souls here on earth offering it for the souls in purgatory. That's why the morning offering is very important. Do you know if, if you know the morning offering? Morning offering, you offer all your work, all your joys and sorrows of the day, and you offer them to Christ, and you offer them for souls. So work can have a spiritual redemptive value. It's not just about I'm working to get a paycheck, to make money, to pay my bills, to put food on the table, and then the cycle starts all over again. Put the spiritual dimension in work, it makes a whole big difference of how you do the work. Whether the work is outside your home or the work is domestic work inside your home. Because there's work that we need to do inside our home. Like you need to vacuum if you have a rug. You need to clean or else it's a pigsty. You need to clean your rooms. You need to organize things. You need to do the dishes. You know, there's certain things that we cut the lawn or certain domestic duties that we need to do. And all those are good. All those teach us values and virtues. Third characteristic of family life is recreation. Don't neglect recreation. Don't become a workaholic. Don't, do not become a workaholic. Americans tend to workaholism. We can tend, I say we can tend to workaholism. It doesn't mean that we're all workaholics, but we can tend toward it. Don't become a workaholic. Learn to have recreation in your life. Learn to have recreation every single day of your life. When you come back home from work, learn to recreate with your family. Do something fun with your family. You know, pray together. Prayer, prayer can be fun. 
If you can't, I always tell families, if you, if you can't pray an entire rosary, pray one decade. If you have little children, an entire rosary is too much for them, pray one decade and have them pick the mystery. Make it fun. Make prayer fun. Make recreation fun. Have a family fun night. You know, where you watch a movie, you get out the popcorn, or you get out, you know, hot chocolate or whatever. Have a baking day together. Where all you do is you bake Christmas cookies. That's all we've been eating as Marians. Since like Advent, people have been giving us Christmas cookies. And the more that we give away, the more that we get. So that's one thing. The more that you give, the more that you receive also. But recreation, recreation is very important. Music. Always put music into your home. Singing. Singing is very important. Laughter. Put laughter. Don't take each other seriously. Sometimes we take each other so seriously, and then we never talk to each other. We need to forgive. Always forgive. Because there is no perfect home. Every home is imperfect. Every home has its joys and its sorrows. Every home has its imperfection. Just live in religious life for a little bit. You'll notice there's imperfection. We're all imperfect. I drive some people crazy in my religious community, and they drive me crazy too. And you know what? Good. It's good for me. It's good for them. Kiss your cross. Kiss your cross. Embrace it. Don't, don't say, well, you need to change. Don't blame the other person. Don't do the blame game. It's very destructive. Have fun with each other. Forgive each other. Those are part of a family. Pray together. Pray together. Do fun things together as a family. If you have fun in your family, you're going to look forward to coming home every night from your work. Because then you can, you know, just leave your work outside. Don't bring your work inside. Unless if you have to, of course. I mean, there might be nights that you have to that you have a deadline or a project, but those should be exceptions, not the rule. But always have family fun. You know, and when we have a Couples for Christ group that comes here and does a retreat, now I've been doing it for a year. We, we haven't done it since the pandemic, but I think we'll do it this year again. And they're Couples for Christ, and we have, you know, it's, it's all about family. And we, so we have couples, we have children, we have adolescents, teenagers, we have young children, we have the elderly and everything. And I remember that we were, we were praying and we were doing talks and everything. And, and they were saying, you know, on Saturday night, they were saying, well, the, you know, we're doing so much prayer. Let's do something fun. And so we created a family fun night. And it wound up being a bingo night where we had bingo with prizes. And you know what? The children loved it. We were laughing. You know, it was kind of crazy. I had a headache afterwards. It was kind of crazy. But it was fun. It was fun. And it's family memories that you can create with each other. And finally, the fourth characteristic I was thinking about this, I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this. Sleep. Sleep. You have to sleep. You know, we do spend a majority of our time sleeping. How do we sleep? How do we rest? Do we take time for rest? Do we take time for a vacation? 
Do we take time to sleep? Do we take time to read our children books? And if you have little ones, do you take time to sing them lullabies? And sleep is a very important characteristic. How do you sleep? How do you sleep with your spouse? Do you sleep with your spouse? Do you not? Because sleeping is very important. The bedroom is very sacred. It's a sacred place. And that's why we should always have the use of holy water and holy objects in our house. Yes, because families are being attacked today. Yes, marriages are being attacked. Have holy water. Have holy salt. Sprinkle it everywhere. And if you've already done it, sprinkle it again. Because the demons want to keep coming back. To sprinkle it everywhere, especially in the bedrooms. Especially in the bedrooms. And so I always like what Paul says about the spiritual dimensions of family life. He says, put on this. So every day when we get up, we clothe ourselves. We clothe ourselves with some kind of garment. That garment is an expression of who we are. So we clothe ourselves. So we say, well, what colors am I going to wear today? What kind of shirt am I going to wear? What, you know, what kind of pants or dress or whatever it may be. What am I going to wear? And so we, we, and sometimes we think about that and we buy clothes and we want to express ourselves externally. But St. Paul gives us other characteristics of expressing ourselves internally. What are characteristics that we can bring in the family? Heartfelt compassion. Always have heartfelt compassion for one another. Sometimes parents can be too strict with their children. They can't expect too much out of their children. And so you need a balance between mercy and justice. Think of how many times God the Father forgives us for our sins every day. And think, he's a loving, heartfelt, compassionate father. So how many times should we forgive our own children who are making mistakes and sins every day? Be like God the Father. Forgive more than you give justice. Kindness. At least be kind to one another. Be very kind to one another. Humility. Have humility. Die to yourself. And the key to holiness is to die to yourself and to give of yourself to another person. That is the key to holiness. How long does it take? A whole lifetime. A whole lifetime to keep dying to yourself. The first point is to recognize it. To recognize when you're being selfish. When you're being very, like, two, you know, two siblings fighting against each other, you'll notice that there's selfishness. That's there. Yes, and they need to learn the lesson to die to themselves. Give of themselves. Gentleness. Be gentle with one another. That there's no room for screaming and yelling and throwing things. And even to the point of abuse, where you have abuse in families. There's no, there's no room for abuse. That should always, always be condemned within marriages and within families. Abuse should never be there. Always be gentle with one another. And patience. Be patient with one another. You're going to notice every imperfection with the person that you live with. 
be patient with them. Even look forward to their imperfections. It will sanctify you. It will say, laugh about it. Because we all have it. We all have our own temperaments. We all have our own imperfections. And as Paul says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Always forgive. Never hold anything against another person. Always hold out your hand of forgiveness. Whether the person accepts it or not, always hold it out. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also do. And then finally he says, and over all of these, put on love. That is the bond of perfection. When you put on love, then there's peace and there's songs and gratitude in your hearts. Always put on love. Never be afraid to say to a family member, I love you. Just those three words. Do it from your heart. Do it while they're still alive. Don't wait until the person's dead because then they cannot thank you for that. Do it now. This life is very short, very short. And God has put us in a family, in an environment for us to grow, for us to love. Yes, for us to experience joys. Yes, and trials and tribulations like the Holy Family where they became immigrants into Egypt. They had to walk from Bethlehem all the way to Heliopolis, which is modern-day Cairo, Egypt, without food or shelter. How was that for them? It was difficult. It wasn't easy. So we can ask the Holy Family to help us today. And one last thing the Catechism says, I was going to read the Catechism, but the Holy Spirit said, no, just talk. Don't read. Just talk. Just talk and preach. So each one of our families is a mini domestic church. I'll just call it Ecclesia Domestica. And the church is the family of God. That's the way the Catechism describes it. Church is a family of God. There's some people that maybe that live a single life. Others that are divorced. Others that are widows. Others that come from broken families through no fault of their own. And they, and they carry those wounds, what are called those father wounds, those mother wounds, with them. The church is the family of God. Always welcome a person who's a single person, who's divorced, who's widow, many times through no fault of their own. Welcome a person maybe who came from a broken family. And yes, maybe they're all broken also. And love them. Show them these virtues. Welcome them into the family of God. Because with the family of God, for the mother that we didn't have, we have Mary, our beloved mother, who is our spiritual mother, who's adopted us. We have God, our father, who's our spiritual father, who's adopted us at baptism. We have Jesus, our brother. We have the angels and saints who are our brothers and sisters. We have good people in the church who are brothers and sisters. 
And also you have fathers, that's why they call priests fathers also. You have religious sisters who are mothers and sisters also, so we can't forget about religious sisters. And we have this whole family of God here on earth and in heaven to welcome people, to help heal people through the sacraments, through prayer, through forgiveness, through divine mercy. And so let's welcome each other. Let's not judge each other as we don't know another person's life or background, what they've been through. But let's, like St. Paul says, put on these virtues. Put on these virtues every day and maybe do one kind act for someone. I saw a show the other day that was, it was about kind acts, just doing one kind act and the rippling effect of a kind act. Do one kind act, one mercy, for someone making a difference in their life so that they can be welcomed in as part of this family. Let's ask the Holy Family to intercede for all of our families, to intercede for every single one of us, to intercede for our family of the church, to intercede for those who come from broken families or divorced, widowed, single, or whatever state of life that they're in, for all are welcome and the church for God to heal them, restore them, and bring them to new and everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.